Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and... And me, Jason! This guy! Yeah, me! Smith. I can't, you know what's funny is I have a hard time even pointing to myself with, with the camera. I was like, wait, should I be pointing them this way to get my video? Video early. confuses me, my friend. Video confuses me. How are you doing? I am, I'm, wondering, I'm wondering if we started drinking early today. Is that... uh, no, we're, we're, we're just on the rock stars for now. We're still just okay. on the rock stars. All right, all right, all right. I asked, honestly, I, I'll tell you this real quick before we get started. No, I asked my wife, I was like, Hey, can I get a cocktail for today? And she goes, "You already drank all the wine, so no." <laughs> Staff, see, that's a little. Bit. I've been on this little whiskey sour kick. It's like it's like it's like I feel like the whiskey sour is like that was like my nineteen-year-old go-to drink. That and Coronas. Uh, <laughs> well, you would make whiskey we, sours. We'd yeah, I drink a lot of whiskey sours back then. That was like that was like the hot drink circa. Nine, well, because I was 19, so it would be like uh, 98, 97, 99, somewhere there. Retro. I'm, it's nostalgic. I'm bringing it back. First of all, your mom's here. Linda Hazelberry, so hi. And Nancy, of course, is here. And good afternoon, guys. She said, I did. Okay. Nancy, hi. <laughs> Happy new day. Happy. <laughs> I'm so excited about our guest today. I'm not going to lie. Um, oh, me too. We're going we're gonna to be, you know, can I just say it as Paul Poundstone? Yeah, absolutely. I just did. Yeah, I'm just very excited. And, um, do you want to talk, Jason? Can we talk about some content before we get into Paul? Absolutely, okay. let's do it. Okay, because this is this goes back to a couple of episodes ago, but it's a topic that I think is worth you know staying involved in, which is the idea of episodes mm-hmm. dropping weekly versus getting it all at once. Right. So the perfect example we were talking about the other episode is uh, Dirty John with Betty Broderick, and right. that becomes more like event viewing. Mm-hmm. Something right, you can talk right. about, something you can share, something you can contemplate. Every week, right. So we can have like meetings, appointments, our family here is stuck at home, we all talk about it, etc. Right? So you turned me on to, I mean, I don't know why I waited this long to watch this show. I, I should have listened to you the first four times you right. said it. I mean, so last night... Uh, it's like almost oh, 11 o'clock and Jason's not a guy who like random texts, you know, he's got very, very serious boundaries. So like to hear from Jason and I'm like, okay, what's up? Like, cool. He's like, if you don't have anything to watch, I'm telling you watch Doom Squad on HBO Max. Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. What? Doom Patrol. Right. I, I, I want to call him a squad, <laughs> but because they're not patrolling much. No, no. Right. Oh, they don't Jason patrol much. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's Doom Patrol. So this is a show that was on DC Universe uh, is like streaming channel, and now it's moved over to HBO Max. So was this whole series intact on uh, what was DC Universe? Is that a channel on YouTube? No, that's that 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 was uh, that was DC's foray into streaming. So they had like their own streaming channel where you could watch old, you know, all the DC movies that are on HBO Max. They're all over on this DC Universe online, like all the DC movies, all the DC cartoons are over there. And it's all going to kind of migrate into making it one big HBO Max kind of com- combination of things. Um, and this is one of the, the, the there, there's a few originals. So they did a, a Teen Titans 
uh, live action show, which a Teen Wait, Titans. Your mom wants know. to see my shirt. Here's <laughs> my shirt, Linda Hazelberry. Your mom said I should just got here, but show me your shirt. So it wasn't even a request; it was a demand. Yeah, so my there. mom. Like, but at least she's like, take your shirt off. I got dollar bills for you. It, it glows. You see, that's why I chose it, Linda Hazelberry, because if you're not looking at my shirt, the middle says SoCal Co-op, which is one of my favorite places on earth. And then around it is all their little colors. And normally what it is, is it's just yellow. So it's the Laker edition, purple and yellow. But because of the green screen, it's now glowing like purple, red, and it looks like it's riding all the way around, like it's moving, like I have a, uh, like I have a white BMW uh, <laughs> with uh, the neon hitting the cement. So go on, Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. And so this was so DC tried to do this, and um, they've had a few live action shows that they tried. They tried Teen Titans, and if you don't know what the Teen Titans are, um, you just always caught me with. But that's like the ba- like all the sidekicks get together and start their own funny. Uh, Justice League. Oh, but they would air on different networks. That's what no, I'm saying. No, they did a Teen Titans live action show, which was not funny. It was very serious, full of F words and stuff. That was their Ooh. first live action one. They they did this Doom Patrol. They did Swamp Thing. Um, okay. That this Harley Quinn show started out there. The animated Harley Quinn show um, is all on there, and it did okay. But they, you know, obviously you have a kind of a restricted audience. It's all DC stuff, but you know, all the animated yeah. movies, all that stuff. Um, so they're trying to move it over to HBO Max, but Doom Patrol by far and away was the best of so all. Not originally, last year. So about last okay, year, nineteen. Yeah. All right. So it is on HBO Max now, and this thing is R-rated. It's Brendan Fraser. It's like it reminds me of like again. You can't really say what Quentin's you know superhero show would look like because it would be so unique. But it's like if I really I'm wishing hard enough that this could be like it would almost be like if Quentin a little piece of his mind came up with this show and P.T. Anderson came up with this show and they got oh, Brendan yeah. Fraser as the lead guy who's by the way playing Cliff mm-hmm. oh yeah he has Cliff Steele Cliff Steele yeah, what a name you, a, this is a renaissance of Cliffs like look Brad Pitt won the Oscar playing a Cliff yep that was uh, in uh, this is a thing it's well. me. It's my energy. <laughs> these people. Now, Brendan Fraser Fraser's in there. Recognized again. See, what did I say? Once a star, always a threat. <laughs> I like right? that. Yeah. Right? That guy, even even like chubby, again, you know, I should be so good looking. But even like, you know, with some weight on, which I think he put on for the for the racing car character because he was such a uh, the NASCAR in the 80s. I mean, you're in Florida in 88. That's my favorite time. <laughs> no one Florida. knew Florida in 88. Yeah, 87, I was in Miami, and yeah. no one was in Miami except the yeah. cartel. Yeah, right. And then, like, just in, central, in the central part of it, they were, like, working on – that's where you, they had trained for Cirque du Soleil and wrestling. Like, that's just what Florida was <laughs> and is. Yeah, and now it's Scientology and wrestling. All right, so this show to me, though, and I just kept putting it off. I'm like, oh, a superhero show. So – much to its credit, the first thing it's of <laughs> the, uh, the the opening uh, voiceover, which is usually annoying, is mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, another superhero show." You want to mm-hmm. vomit yet? And you're like, "All right." <laughs> the writing is excellent. Um, it's definitely R-rated, and it's so bizarre. Okay, I have questions though. Yeah. I haven't watched well, the whole. And movie. you know who that voice is? That just so you know, that's Alan Tadik. Tadik. Uh-huh. He's the lead guy. He's the guy who's all the in the pieces. Mr. Negative. And he's also, you know, he's in so many things. That's He's from, you know, in Firefly. He's big in that. And he does a lot of different animated voices. The Joker and Harley Quinn. He's like That's a real amazing dude. I never got, listen, you can crucify me for it. I don't get Joss Whedon. No, no. get him. Never have, never will. Just not my no. temperament, not my sensibility. Um, I, you know, he's, he's kind of like the kind of guy that I feel like his writing is so wispy. That I, I just want to roll him down a hill. 
Um, let me move off him though, because what I found, I have questions. Okay? okay, I haven't seen the whole thing yet. But yeah, you're talking about the lead guy who gets uh, not the lead, but the voiceover. There are narrator and the narrator. Yeah, yeah, who get turned into uh, this this superhero by a uh, Nazi slash cobbler. Yeah, or supervillain, Mister Mister Nobody. Yes. Yes. Which I, by the way, love. And he turns into like a cockroach at one point, so he can be anything. No, the cockroach what is another that villain. That's that's another bad guy. Okay, I don't want to see that again. I don't like cockroaches. Well, just wait till the last episode. Something else. Oh no, that cockroach. That 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 cockroach. Oh. Who's the guy that plays Booger in Revenge of the Nerds? I know it's not. It's yeah. uh, it's it's uh, the guy who does, it's American Dad. He plays Snot in American Dad. Yeah. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds. It's uh, it, oh, he's in everything. I mean, he's been in a hundred. Moonlighting. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's great. In risky business, sometimes you just gotta say what. Wait, I'm looking at my watch. What the fuck? Curtis Armstrong. Yeah, he is amazing. What a vet. Um, so. Here are my questions. Ready? First of all, before I launch, I mean, we only have a few minutes. Okay. So I'm going to say this. I love it. Love it. Love it. I'm so happy I started watching. And it's kind of like if X-Men, it's like, and they don't mind the complete and utter ripoff. Like the guy in the wheelchair is in a wheelchair. Like it's like, yep. oh, it's Dr. X, except it's, uh, you know, his name is Chief. Yep. Well, and, and they there's there's some argument there that they might have started, like they might have inspired the they X-Men. They started X-Men. Yeah. Well, DC has um, had this beef with Marvel for a long time. Yeah. So season two actually has, um, and you, I, don't want, I won't give any spoilers, but the main uh, kind of villains they're fighting are called the Sex Men, S-E with a giant X. <laughs> um, and then I see it goes right into uh, episode two, and you're with uh, Cyborg, who's a huge character. But wait, you have to remind me, because I, I, I think with Black Lives Matter and everything, was Cyborg always a black superhero? Yes. Okay, yeah, was he launched that quick? He was launched... He you know, was comic. He wasn't originally Doom Patrol, so he's originally like a um, DC. Like uh, he's actually the closest thing to like a uh, you know like a Justice League guy. Yeah, so he, he was originally mentions... brought in for like the super fans, and he starts there, and then he's part of this Doom Patrol thing. I think it was a, a very specific move. I think he'd done a little Doom That's Patrol. That's my point. Yeah, but was brought um, in. This a couple years ago. This was all pre that stuff. But I do know that they were trying to diversify up that cast because that was yeah. a thing, Matt. It's you nice. know that. A show made in the '80s, you know, where you know, where you know, it's all white comic book characters up until right. about five years ago, anyway. Yeah, I know, but it's nice that in DC they, you know, they drew and wrote him as black, uh, mm-hmm. you know, way back. So way back. You know, it's already been trying to be done. They didn't get any pressure. They were just like, nope. Second episode, we're automatically introducing a, a diverse character. Yep. Love that. Okay, here are my questions. So, if oh, and plus, is the guy, yeah. go. Oh, oh, sorry. And go, plus, go, uh, go, go, go. you can get into all the characters, but the girl uh, with uh, the Jane, multiple, Jane Latinx character, also. Oh, I love her. Yep. I love her. Well, who's that actor? Please tell me. I'll find out for you. That's like my exact. By the way, if you want a prototype of my type. And I'm not talking about uh, her as a human. I'm talking about like that look with that personality. Yep. Di- like Diane, a- Diane Guerrero. Oh. Guerrero. Guerrero. Oh, love her. I got to find out if my manager handles her. I mean, she is fantastic, but I don't want to like know her. That character of Jane, the 74 personalities with that look and that voice. That's mm-hmm. my next girlfriend. She's pretty so, rad. Oh, the best. And she's a wonderful actor. I got to say. So Diane Guerrero. Uh, Guerrero. Guerrero. So not like Nick Guerrero. Okay, good. There's an extra ERO. Okay, so we got a couple of minutes. I I want, we we got a few minutes before. Yeah, we got a few minutes. She's not here yet. Okay, good. So we're not good. I want to, can't wait for Paula. But 
I want to get into this for a second. So Chief is the guy, he's our Dr. X, right? So yep. Cliff dies, Cliff Steele, Brandon Frazier, dies in a NASCAR, or not, well, you think it's a NASCAR accident, you ultimately find out what it is. And yep. he's dead. Yes. First thing I'm going to ask, no, no, no. How, does, how are these people, the pilot, you know, first of all, the pilot and Rita, that's Will and Grace. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. That's Will and Grace, the gay man, wrapped mm-hmm. up in a mummy suit, and mm-hmm. Rita is Grace. And she's bossing yep. them around, and they're besties. That's what's going on there. I love it. It's fantastic. Why and how? They just kind of skipped over this. Do they all end up there? What is the purpose of making them into this? I understand he's a mad scientist and wants to prolong consciousness. This is a theme we've often mm. talked about. But there seems to be no there there. And I, the show's so good, I'm okay with it. But mm-hmm. what is, like, he didn't, he's not training them to go save lives or go be nope. superheroes. Nope. He's not, you know, he's finding these people. And why is he so close with Cyborg? Did he make Cyborg? So, do you really want me to spoil all that for you? All I'm that can happen. find everything out. Everything you are asking right now no, will no, no, be answered. Don't spoil it for me. Yeah. I, it's fine. Everything, you know, here's what I'll say. Everything that you're asking about will be answered by the end of the first season. All those questions are going to be answered okay. 100% of the way. And well, two, this series is fantastic. There's a very good reason, and it's it's actually really simple when you think about it. He's not a benevolent guy. He's not going out to try and save the no, world. He doesn't that, seem benevolent. Not, that is not his motivation at all of having right. these people there. Right. And um, you think it is because, you know, that's the trope of the superhero show. But absolutely not that like that's that's the part of the expe- messing with the expectations he's not there to create some form some super team to save the city not his intention at all he doesn't no, have you see it. that you yeah. see that even in the pilot where he's like no we're getting out of here we're running as fast as we can as far as we can you know because i got stuff that has to be done and dying doesn't include continuing my stuff exactly he's not benevolent i get that but now that you're telling me all those questions are going to be answered now i can tell you that this series is absolutely amazing oh it's incredible and, Brendan Fraser, man, holy crap! He does a great job, and I don't know how much of it. Like, I don't know if he's in the he suit or he just does the act. I don't know. Find but out he's, if he's in the suit, Jason. Do a Google, would you? I yeah, because well. I was thinking it the whole time. I'm like, because his voice is alone, nailing it. But I must say, the behavior and the actions from the suit, because it's definitely a suit. That robot, right? It's not yeah. like CGI. Oh yeah, it's a suit. that's for sure a suit. Right. So whoever's doing the suit. Very, very. They learned movement and how to uh, not indicate and do stuff with their body. If they're matching his voice, oh, that's very impressive too. Yeah. So it's a guy named Riley Shanahan is the actor actually wearing the robot man suit. He's a. He, you know what? Has he done anything else? I wonder. Riley, looking dude. He, he's way too good looking to be under that suit. He was in not nothing really. Um, something called the gender card reveal uh, or gender card flip. Uh, he was, did a little, like, a he did, uh, Legends, he was this character in, um, the DC Legends of Tomorrow TV series for a, an episode, obviously, and, um, mm-hmm. but really, no, this is one of his first big things. I bet you that guy is a very good actor. I could tell you by his movements, he's a good actor. I would definitely read that guy for something. I don't even know what he looks like. Say his name again, Riley what? Riley, Riley Shanahan. Oh, that's a good name, Riley Shanahan. Okay, yeah, I, I think it's too. Schmidt's better. Maybe if he changed it to Schmidt, he'd be the guy outside the suit. <laughs> I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. You see what they did there? How they introduced those characters, right? You yep. see how we met Cliff Steele, his wife, the cheating, the whole backstory. See how we saw his face and fell in love with him? The same mm-hmm. way when we met the pilot, right? The mummy? 
We see his face. We know he's closeted homosexual. We know that, you know, he's fake married with a beard and a kid. And he's hiding this secret. And then we put him in the mummy thing. I'm just saying, Mandalorian, take a fucking note. (laughs) That's how you get someone to watch a robot for 10 episodes. You you let it be meet their face first. Also, you let them swear like there's... Raw abandon. Uh, I use my two f bombs for the day too, and I don't get any for calling out. Well, you ready to uh, speaking of? I am. Yeah, yeah. There's so. I mean, there's so much. I can't wait. I I was just saying, there's so much to introduce Paula as. So I'm going to try to keep this, you know, light. So here we go. So our next guest is hysterical. She's won two Cable Ace Awards. She was the only woman who ever hosted the White House Correspondence Dinner. I think the the first, not the only, the first woman, 73rd White House Correspondence Dinner. Uh, she's got her her podcast on Starbucks. She has two podcasts, right? But the friend, nobody listens to Paul Nobody listens to Paul Pounds, though. Yep. And the French Trump one that she just started. Oh, with. yeah, yeah. She does those as pieces um, that she pr- puts out there. Yeah, absolutely. Right, exactly. And she's also a regular panelist for uh, NPR's uh, Wait, Wait. What's it called? Wait, Wait. No, I have it written down. Wait, 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 Don't Tell Me. Yes. That's like the number one show on NPR. (laughs) I see see what you did there, Cliff. I get you. I got it. I get it. You did? Yeah, I got it. You got it? Okay, good. Because I didn't know that I lost on you. You Even Paula got it. She's giggling in the the green room. Oh, good, good, good. Because that's her kind of humor. I can't compete with the most subtle person in the world. Don't worry, Paula. I won't tell her you rolled your eyes and gave him the finger. Um, That's okay. That would be better. Ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful, magnificent Paula Poundstone. Fucking good to see you, Jason and Cliff. There. (laughs) Thank you, Paula. Paula. She's not allowed to swear anymore, but you absolutely are. Please swear a lot. Swear for me. You know what? You know, you did that thing, Cliff, where you referred to it as an F-bomb. You know, in a Uh world, so many bombs. Give me the F bomb. I, uh, it's harmless. It doesn't hurt anyone. You know, the amazing thing in our country is that we have people that make such a fuss over saying the word fuck. And they're the very same people who are perfectly comfortable with kids in cages. You, you, you know, with, uh, you know. I'm laughing, but it's not funny. But yes, you're absolutely right. It's kind of weird that that's where people like to put their emphasis. Uh, I so I don't. Are we gonna get a word today, Paula? No, that was uh, emphasis. I know it was emphasis. Yeah, a friend of mine. Let me think of a fun word. Yeah, you know what? I've been working really hard on my vocabulary, and it doesn't budge. Like my actual, the, the words that are in my head that I can use does not budge. In that way, I'm a little bit sympathetic with Trump. Uh, you know, I can see where you'd be driven to Bigley. I can see how it could happen. Um, That's probably the only area in which I'm sympathetic to Trump. But the, the limited vocabulary thing, I get it. You know, he's probably seeing and even trying to memorize. I'll bet you he stays up all night with flashcards. Flashcards, yes. It just doesn't <laughs> stick. No. No, if they had the word or name Trump in them, he could, if he put his name in between every word, he might remember. Right. Yeah. Extra Trump fabulous. Yeah, you're right. Anti- Remember that word anti-disestablishment? Wasn't that it? Yeah. That was whenever somebody was referring to a difficult word, they would say that. And uh, you're right. If you put Trump in front of it, it's sort of like, um, okay, when my kids were little, my oldest daughter was nine years old. I came home one day and uh, she was sitting in the front room and uh, she looks up at me and she goes, I wish I was married. 
and I kept my cool. I said, it was really some of the funniest something parents. I've done? I said, I, I was really some of the best parenting I've ever done. I said, well, what is it you think you would like about marriage? And she said, the dress. And I said, oh, okay. It sounds like what you're talking about is a wedding. And I said, you know, a marriage is a commitment between two people. Usually sex is involved. Um, they make plans together. You, you, you know, I said that, you know, you're nine. That is probably, that's not going to happen. But uh, a wedding you could have. And I said it a little bit facetiously, but then I kept having these ideas about a wedding for my nine-year-old. Yeah. And uh, so we ended up having a, you know, obviously a faux wedding. Yeah, um, you did it. It was so much fun. But here's the here's the here's the oh. thing with Trump and the vocabulary and putting the Trump word in front. So my son, so my middle daughter was the flower girl, mm. and uh, it was very well attended. This event, um, uh, Jackson Brown played the wedding march. Honestly, guy. <laughs> Wait, are you and, kidding? Uh, are you and and he was really good at it. And uh, oh. and my son was. Jason. I mean, he was so walking, cute. but he was still a toddler. Mm-hmm. And he he had a black tuxedo, and it was the first time he'd ever worn any kind of shoes. I put I made, I got these little slipper shoes for him, um, and uh, and we're all you know that was part of the plan. Like oh that'll be fun. And then it dawned on me, wait a minute, he was still in that really koala phase where he never let me put him down. And I'm like, how do I get him to walk up to the front? And so we took Cheetos, and made because he was the ring bearer. He had the rings. I tucked them in his um, socks, and so I made a row of Cheetos up to the front, and uh, like that. You just had to eat them. That's all right. Exactly. Yeah, species. It, it worked. It was a, it. a beautiful uh, ceremony. Paula, first of all, I have to say I'm a huge, huge fan of you for a very, 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 very long time. I am old, so I am. Uh, I am. I've been watching you for uh, as long as long as I can remember. Honestly, for at my house when HBO was just one channel, and I had the box where you press the the numbers in, and you like press three and seven together, you get the Playboy channel. That's when I started watching HBO with first and ten. So you were way after. My point is. I am such a fan. So let me ask you a question about something. You, you're born in Huntsville, Alabama. And then you, you're, And then you're immediately, you, you go right away to like you could, Massachusetts. Like you couldn't go to further extremes. What, what's going on there? Oh, my dad got a job. The night okay. that I, the night, the night that I was born, he was actually in Massachusetts. I was born in Alabama. He was in Massachusetts getting his job. And so a month after I was born, they moved up there, uh, for which That's I'm grateful. It. I mean, we used to, uh, my mother's family was still down in, in Alabama, and so we vacationed there. Mm-hmm. Um, every summer, we went for a couple weeks. We stayed in my grandmother's trailer uh, in Drucker's Trailer Park. Really? And uh, I, re- I still remember my grandmother's funeral when she uh, she had a heart attack one day, uh, probably just because, because. <laughs> but um, she had, she was very handy. Don't make me she laugh had, about heart attacks. Go on. She had been uh, underneath the trailer fixing something. And then when she came out, and it may have been entirely unrelated, but when she came out, she went into, you know, her trailer and she, you know, collapsed and died. And so all these Southern women at her funeral would all say, and they would say it with snuff in their mouth, hold it in like that. And they go, oh, Dr. did her wrong. <laughs> 
beautiful memories. Beautiful. That, that, I, that thing of I'm holding still. the snuff in your mouth with your tongue is one of the most. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Coca-Cola. Yeah, Coca-Cola. And, you know, when they would say Coca-Cola, they would say to me, what kind of Coca-Cola do you want? And I would say, great. Because I wasn't referring to Coca-Cola at all, and neither were they. That's just what they called soda. Right, any kind of pop. Right, exactly. Yeah. Which I don't use that word either. Coca-Cola. I, like I like the word pop. But it's basically like Western. It's, it's, got, it's fun, you know? I mean, I just, I just suck down diet soda. But if I was enjoying a pop, my life would be so much better. By the way, are you one of those addicted to Diet Cokes? I am. Yeah, yeah of it's, course. It's, it's a thing, right? I tried to cut back at the beginning of the stay-at-home order because I'm like, look it, I, I can't afford... Yeah. To, to drink all these sodas. And it didn't last very long. I tried for a little while and then I was just like gave up. I'll yeah. cut, you know, I'll cut out major medical things. <laughs> I really need You that. cannot just cut back on. Here's, I was a Coca-Cola addict. So I was a Coke addict, not Diet yeah. Coke. You can't yeah. cut it down. It's either nothing or a six pack a day. That's the only way it's going to go. Yeah. I tried really hard state. to make it, a, you know, a reward. The truth is I probably need, you know, it's a time where you really do need caffeine because, because otherwise the 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 the, uh, the dead fish of reality is slapped in your face every day and you, you're buried beneath a crushing depression. So I, I, you know, I try to get up and run to that fridge for that first soda. The dead fish of reality might be crushing the, 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 the most the saddest novel I'll ever read or imagine reading. Yeah, when you get slapped in the face by the dead fish of reality. It happens multiple times a day, really. But lately now, it, you don't just get slapped once. It's like, boom, boom. You know? <laughs> Do you like have all your kids there with you? No. Okay. I was no. just asking. <laughs> I, I want to know how it's going over there. Oh, you know, they've, I'm saying. at various times, they've returned briefly to the nest. Uh-huh, but no. Oh, okay, you know what's good about it? Tell me. Nothing. <laughs> I walked right into that. Nothing. It's horrible for everyone involved. I, you know, I you know, I look at birds teaching their their young to fly, and I go, "You're so lucky." <laughs> Let them get their own worms. Stop. You're you you know what? You're molly coddling them. It's a mistake. You know what there is now? There's young people math. My face where hurts. Go, I'm sorry. Go on. Where I where I pay for everything, and then uh, their money is somehow their money. What's yes, that? yes, yes. What is that? That's young That's people. My life. How yeah. does that all work? That yes. happens all the time. Like here, you yes. do you get this thing where they're like, "Hey, you, I want, I want, I want a snack," and then you're like, "Okay, well, I'll get that for you, but you're gonna pay for it." It's like, no, you, it's you got to buy this. This is this is somehow your responsibility to yes. get that candy. Yeah, and apparently, left on without slapping him in the face with the dead fish in reality, <laughs> that can go on for a lifetime. Like I, they're gonna be like. They're going to be my age, and I'm going to be, you know, probably uh, limited. I'll have limited mobility, and they'll still insist. <laughs> you, you know, you can do it. You can. What's the problem? I don't really have any money. Really? Yeah. What do you mean? If it wasn't for my parents, I'm 52. If it wasn't for my parents, I'd be homeless. You know, yeah. I mean, like forget it. They're the, you know, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> thank God, Mom, Dad, I love you. <laughs> You're the yeah. best. Yeah. You know, I really enjoyed buying my Mother's Day card this year. Put it for yourself. Do you, I did, I, they asked me to on their behalf. And pay for it. Yeah. Yes. 
And slip a little something inside it, they said. You deserve it. <laughs> Wait, I have you to ask you Go and ahead. Just keep get, talking. You remember when you get like a birthday card when you were a kid? It was the kind that was folded in quarters. Yes. And, you know, and you'd like right right away open it up. It's just shake it. Like, wow, boy, how did, how, did, how did we get like that? I, I think I'm still kind of like that now, but that's definitely like a, that's an American, uh, that's an American thing. Oh, like, yeah. No, I got that early. Yeah. Before you read like grandma's loving words, let's see if she slipped your fiver. Yeah, no, it was for me, it was how dare you look at the money first. Look at the words. Maybe that's why I'm a writer. Look at the words. Don't look at the money. And if you look at the money first, we're taking the money from you. Oh, it worked. Ooh. It worked. Wow. Now, so my now son always reads the card first. So now when you write, you're comfortable with not being paid. Is that right? Yeah, how did you know? This yeah. is the bane of my existence. Thank you, Paula. I need to learn from uh, your last guest. Was it Greg uh, Roden? The the on your oh uh, no, not Greg. What's the matter? With it me? was the, the the marketer, the podcast marketer. Who yeah, wrote, yeah. It sounds like Seth Rogen. It's Seth Groden. Seth Godin. Oh Godin. my G O D I N. Yes. Seth Godin. Yeah, he's great. Amazing. He's like inspirational. Yes, this was on your last episode. If you don't listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, then you're not a nobody and you should start becoming a nobody immediately because this is addictive. So you're talking to Greg on this. It's like the things he's saying. Now, listen, I don't know if doing the podcast in the shower is uh, is good or bad, but what will you take? What's your takeaway from all of it? Um, well, you know what? I, I think... You know, I, I, if I if I if I'm correct about what 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 he was saying, and I need to go like to his website. He's got all sorts of videos and stuff. He's a really good speaker. Uh, you know, I, I sort of need to steep myself in the Seth Godin message. Um, but I, I think just on our interview, you know, one of the things he was saying because we were like, well, how do we increase the numbers on our podcast? What can we yeah. do to get more listeners? And episode. you know, and we were like, you know, is it what is it? Social networking? Is it this sort of? Because uh, I've been going door to door, and that is not working. And um, basically, what he said was, "What are you doing, Jason? You know, do more and more and more of the thing that you do. You know." As opposed to trying to, and he's right. I mean, I'm not. I am not a mass appeal performer, one way or the other. Which you know is a bit of a slap in the face with the dead fish reality. But it is. Um, I don't know how and you so, think you're not mass. I tell my son you're on the show, and he's like, "Oh, I like her." And I tell my mom you're on the show. Oh, I love her. That's pretty mass. That's a that's a oh, wide that's, gap. I like to be multi generational like that. That's I like what that. Gets passed um, down. I mean, I, I certainly I don't have the broadest appeal that. That there is. I, I mean, that, so I, I manage hypothesis. I, among your genetic pool, I'm doing very well. Um, <laughs> but in fact, you can probably, instead of doing your genealogy, you can actually find lost cousins by just discovering other people like me. Yeah, on your uh, message boards. I'll introduce you to them. There's five. Uh, so, so, anyways, I think what Seth was saying yeah. was, as opposed to sort of trying to kick down the door of other. Uh, you know, other demographics or other markets or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, he said, you know, you want to you you want to continue to sort of grow what you're doing and be more and more yourself. How does he put it? Stay peculiar. That's how he puts it. That's um, right. And and it's so that you're not watering down the product and that the, the beauty you know, that is you. Yeah, which which really sort of harkened back to a philosophy that I guess I 
I have long had, but every now and then I stray from that philosophy. Every now and then I sort of, uh, you know, I chomp at the bit to, uh, you know, to be more like this person or more like that person. And uh, it's, it's kind of a mistake, I think. Um, well, you know, I mean, honestly, otherwise, like, where would French Trump have come from? No one in their right mind would say. Listen, I think you're looking at this in a different way than, let's say, myself, who's a fan, look at it. Because I look at it that you have been bouncing back and forth from the mainstream. You're doing backstage at the Emmys and you're doing, you know, backstage at the Tonight Show for the, you know, in, what was it, 93 for the, uh, you know, the, the the election, right? Yeah. And then, you know, and then you're doing the, you know, weird little shows and then you're winning Cable Ace Awards. And then, you know, so you've been going back and forth from like weird indie, you know, Silver Lake hacky sack patchouli oil and then to mass mainstream commercial right down the middle, suck it. So I, I don't know how you're looking at it but that's how well, I see it. actually you know when the tonight show had me do and this is a long time ago jay was the host and he had just gotten the job as the host and the truth is um it was my great so manager bonnie burns that proposed the idea of me doing um backstage coverage at the you know uh, at the at the convention she came up with that idea i believe so that yeah was her idea that's amazing it okay. was her I idea her yeah. as a manager. and um and no, it was idea. it was it was really the way I did it was a bit on the weird side, um, I guess. I don't know. Um, but the truth is they had just gotten in there and they didn't really have their sea legs about them enough where they could really tell me what to do. I think oh. it was more that and Jay may have entirely agreed with what I was doing. I, I don't know. But I, I think it was more that I was just something that they couldn't pay a lot of they couldn't handle a lot uh-huh. because they had just gotten there. I think if I had done it later, A, it might not have happened at all, and B, it might have been more suits, more people right, telling more structured. you, you know, do this, do that. And um, as it was, uh, yeah, so so in terms of, yeah, so it maybe. Well, I think it's you know, I, for example, time. One of the results of that was that I got a uh, I got my own show on ABC and it was partly from that people had seen these things that I did for the Tonight Show and really liked it. And um, I, it lasted maybe three episodes because well, yeah, when I was on really exposed to mainstream America, they were like, huh? Uh, so, <laughs> well, but OK, but all of this leads to I mean, to this. Really, it's a monumental thing. You're the first woman to co-host. You're hosting with the president of the United States, the White House Correspondents Center, right? I mean, that's a that's not small. I mean, do you- well, you know, I hate to disagree with you, Cliff. I really <laughs> hate to disagree with you, but you know, it's not huge to begin with. But back uh, then, when mm-hmm. I did it, it was before it was televised. I mean, now they act like it's an awards show, or they did until Michelle Wolf upset them. But prior to that, they would, you know, it was like the red carpet and it was mm-hmm. televised. And when I did it, it really was an association event. It was the White House Correspondents Association. It was like the guys from, uh oh, uh, it was like the guys from His Girl Friday. Y- y- you know? I just want to be clear. So the President of the United States was not on stage next to you. That- no, he was. Oh, he was. Okay, so wait. So you were on stage next to the president of the United of the free world. I just want to just want to be clear. But you know, doing comedy and bouncing off him in front of all these people. But no, it's not huge. It's small. Well, right? not it's tiny. Well, everybody does that. Exactly. 
Well, it, by the way, this is how long ago. It was the you. first George Bush. And when I arrived. I don't want to talk about it. He got um, he I got a call from the White House. Like when I got to my hotel room, the message light was on. And I, so I pick up the phone. I'm like, we're, you know, we're staying at the Intercontinental. And they were like, they said, uh, oh, you know, the White House. They told me the message. White House calling. And uh, so, you know, I couldn't call back fast enough. And uh, they, uh, I get this message that, you know, President Bush would like to meet with me. Well, you know, I had every intention of kind of keeping my distance from him because I'm a Democrat and I, I really am not was not a big George Bush fan. Why do you think he asked to meet with you. He knew it. And um, well, <laughs> so, but once you get that call, uh-huh. I couldn't shove my spine under the bed fast enough. I, I, I virtually bound to the White House. I think I took one step and I was there. I was so excited. So I yeah. get there. And in fact, it was a very friendly conversation. And not that I thought it wasn't going to be a friendly conversation. Are you in the Oval? We talked, we were, um, we were in the Oval for a little bit. Whoa, and then let's back up. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. We're not glossing over this. You walk in. What door do you walk into the White House when this happens? You know, Where I do you don't go? remember anymore. I remember, I remember handing my ID to the guard gate and thinking, okay. like, oh, my God. You know? What's happening? Yeah. So and then uh, in and they lead you into the Oval? You've never been in the Oval Office except for TV, right? So... Uh, no, I had not at that point. Yeah. So I mean, later I was in the mobile office again, but, uh, you walk kept in getting there. called what? to the office for the longest time. Kept getting, I got thrown out of the White House a couple of times, called to the office, read the riot act. Um, but here's, all right. So here's the thing. Okay. So Tell for me. what, and I had some friends with me and they, they came too. And yeah, for whatever reason, President Bush, uh, I, I don't know why, but he, he decided he was going to show us this toy that his grandchildren play with and it was battery operated and it got in a drawer in the desk in the it was in a little side office so we walked to that little side office very small and he kept things in there so that when the grandchildren came in they could be entertained while he was working it was a lovely idea he was so interested in showing us this toy and then when he went to use it, it was a thing that you hit with a hammer, and it's sort of a plush toy, but it's got a mechanical interior, and it makes it go like, rah, 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 or something like that, right? And, uh, you know, basically I got the idea, even though it wasn't working, because the batteries were out. But he says to the Secret Service, anybody got any batteries? Because he insisted on showing us this toy. And they're literally taking the batteries out of their headsets so they can show us this. And finally he gets it working and it was really so anticlimactic because by then we all understood what it did. Um, And then we go back into, I think we go back into the Oval Office. I was there for probably about an hour. And then somebody comes to him with a note on a piece of paper and he goes, ah, Boris Yeltsin's on the phone. I'm going to have to go. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't really think Boris Yeltsin was on the phone, but what a great brush off. I mean, and he could have been. That's the greatest way. He's like, oh, sorry. If yes. um, let me talk to Paula for five minutes and then tell him Boris Yeltsin's calling. Just make up any world leader. It could be Paul. Yeah, Paul exactly. Or I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the <laughs> same thing, but with like, I'm gonna use Barbara Streisand from now on. I'm gonna go. Oh, gotta go. Uh, Barbara Streisand's on the other line. And I think people <laughs> will just. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, even if you're lying, they're like, well. Either way, it works for me. Okay, but first of all, so, so we can get past the fact that this is not not huge. Now, you, no. so, but again, it wasn't like it didn't make me some sort of well-known person. 
because it was very much you were just performing to the people in the room, and even the people in the room didn't care that much about it. So, um, all right, I'm gonna just let you deprecate it a little. That's all right. Now, I, I it's read... different now. It became a bigger deal over time, you know. But uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go with it's always a big deal. Here are my takeaways: A, it's always a big deal. B, you were in the Oval Office. C, I'm pretty sure that Clinton redesigned that room and used it for something else. Uh, the one off the Oval Office where the toy was kept. It may have been that room. I'm, I'm not sure. It I'm is. not certain. <laughs> Uh, I'm not certain, but it may have been. You know, I was in the Oval Office uh, for one of Clinton's um, radio dresses. I oh, forget I why I was either was. I think I got myself invited. I don't think anybody just thought of me <laughs> off the top of their head. But I had my first foster son with me, and and I got like permission to bring him, and he was just a baby. And it wasn't until I'm standing. You know, waiting for the thing to begin and everybody's gotten very quiet that all of a sudden it dawned on me, I have a baby and they're about to record a radio address. And I like grab a operative there in the room and I'm like, I just realized, what do I do if the baby cries? And uh, he was like, just slip out this door here. But my 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 first foster son had, I wonder if I still have it anywhere. He had, yeah. You're going to find the toy? Find he, the had toy. A, um, he had a, he had a, this is probably the second one I'm sure I gave him. This is great. This It's a deck of, well, it's not cards, like playing cards. They are, I'll show you. Pre presidential flashcards? Yes, exactly. So here, oh, you know, you got I Jimmy Carter that. on one side, and on the other side, there's a little biography of, of Jimmy Carter. Oh, and so um, I used to, babies love faces. So uh, you I have just, those handy, just to be clear. For those who have not seen Paula and you're listening to this, Paula just turned around and just grabbed these like they were literally next to her. Go on. They're, they're precious to me. <laughs> yeah, so good. I would I hold it. it up for the baby to look at, right? Because uh -huh. he, he, he was a bit, I can't make there. Because he's a baby and he loves faces. That, the that's Jimmy their Carter favorite thing is just the face. And so I'd hold it up and then I would read the backside because uh -huh. I don't, I'm not an aficionado. Um, and I got to where I could certainly identify them all. Um, my favorite thing is that, well, two things. His favorite face to look at was Eisenhower. And I'm sure that's because Eisenhower had a baby head. So, you know, I think from my baby's perspective, he was like, see, I could be president. Um, but he used to love to chew on Bill Clinton. And he would chew on him and drool. And so I brought... You know that I'm not even... I'm leaving that. I'm just leaving that wide open. <laughs> I brought... May, it might have been this deck. I may have gotten him a new I assume I got him a new one when he left me. But, um, I, but I brought these. So my baby chewed on the Bill Clinton card and drooled on the rug in the Oval Office while Bill Clinton made a radio address. That is such a box within a box within a box. Yeah. Are you kidding? And, by the way, let's just be clear, he was quiet. He was quiet. Yeah. 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 He was That's quiet. That's a good kid. Oh, he was, he was the best baby. And the thing is, you know, I think a lot of people say this about their first kid. Like, the first kid was kind of easy. And so you think, I got this. I was born into the world to do this. And then I got my second kid. And, oh, you had fish in reality right in the face. Uh, she was so hard. She just cried everywhere. You couldn't. You, you couldn't bring her anywhere. She would. She she would have impeached the president right there in the Oval Office. Yeah. Well, listen. Okay. Wait. <laughs> Before you. 
Isn't she so funny? All right. Here's the thing, Paul. I wanted to ask you something serious, because I'm kind of serious, not like crazy serious, but it really uh -oh. interested me. Is it about I, I, I'm my not bad. Okay. Is it? No, 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 no. Your uterus is, is that a serious topic? Oh, I don't take that. I don't take that serious. Is that something you're supposed to be serious about your uterus? No, no, um, no. Here's the question, though. I read somewhere, and correct me if I'm wrong. You, you had mentioned that you thought that this opioid addiction that has, you know, pandemic. I don't like to use that word now. Has has been a You feel it's attributed to the screen time, like to, you know, like people's uh, screens. You know, watching. Wait, wait. The, what's the relationship between opioids and the screen? No, I don't. Yeah, the that. opioid. I'm, I have it right here. I'm telling you, it's. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so you had thought no, that the opioid epidemic was related to screen devices. No, I don't think that. I think okay. that, I know for a fact that screen yeah. devices are very bad for the brain. They are okay. addictive. And, um, yeah, and that's a problem. And for the developing brain, they are disastrous. Uh, really? And sometimes what happens is our children get addicted very very young and people don't realize that's what that is they just think oh my kid loves the computer and what i used to say about that i remember i was arguing with in fact my manager uh -huh. one time i okay. and i was saying how these that it's addictive and she said oh i'm not addicted i just like it i said let me tell you something yeah that's, no. the, that's uh, uh, the definition yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um, addicted. yeah so it, it, it's, it's, it is addictive. And, and the irony is that, I mean, I learned this from one of my children. We had a real rough go with uh, electronics. And, and um, this is how I discovered it. And I discovered it before many people had discovered it. And it turns out that the companies actually design the goddamn things to specifically be addictive, for, for example, video gaming or things like the like button on, what is it, Facebook or whatever. And things like that were, were designed with the purpose of being addictive. All those sort of numerical measures. Um, you don't know. You don't know any more than if you push the walk sign. If, you know, if it's really responding, like, oh, somebody wants to walk, let's stop the cars. It just gives you something to do while you wait. Um, well, wait, I'll so, take it to the next level. I heard that Candy Crush and, and all of those King games use slot machine technology exactly, to, to get kids yeah. uh, hooked. That's exactly right. Some of them even hire behavioral, uh, you know, uh, 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 psychologists to help them make a design that would Snare. work that way. So here we're in this world where, uh, interestingly, mm -hmm. um, a few years ago, finally, Articles started to come out. Reports started to come out saying, oh, yeah, worst thing in the world. Like, not good. I, I, um, wait a minute. Where's my... Oh, I had a... Uh, I have a... Uh, wait, oh, wait, I'm looking for a book. Hold no, me. Paul's looking around for a book, which I'm no, sure, by the way, is as handy as those presidential oh, flashcards. I, yeah. I, I can't find it. Um, but Where anyways, it's, 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 a lot of literature has come out on the topic is what I'm trying to say. Then so, we get hit with the stay-at-home order, the pandemic, and the schools are scrambling, and oh, now we'll do online instruction, which is such a double-edged sword. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I would be, I, if, if it really moves a student forward, if a student really takes in and is benefited by online instruction, I will eat one of my cats. Listen to um, the kids, sophomore, high school, went through it this whole time, and I can tell you I agree with you completely. Yeah, and instead what it did, and I understand that we were in a pickle and we were panicked, yeah. and we're like, what do we do now? I get that. So I'm not blaming the schools for making that decision. 
I don't know what decision they should have made. But I, 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 I thank my lucky stars that my children were not um, of school age when this has happened because uh, specifically one of my kids, it would have it would have eaten them alive. I would have forgot how to read. I would just have forgotten how to read. <laughs> well, have you, by the way, I've spent a lot of time on screen thingies now because of doing the podcast, for example, doing the mini podcast, the French French Trump podcast. Um, uh, I'm, I'm so working on creating a little online game show and emails, 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 and God. online comedy workouts. Oh, it's you can't you can't work out as a comic anymore because of this mess that we're in. So I've been you know Twitter and right making little video. So lots and lots and lots of computer time. And I find at night I've been trying to read an article in Mother Jones for weeks. And all I have to do is put it in front of me, and I fall asleep. Like, my attention span for reading is gone and needs to be built back up again. I'm on the same chapter of the book Stardust, chapter four for the last six days. And I have to reread the stuff that I've already read because I I start dosing up before I even get, like, I even realize it. Yeah, and then you can't remember what you already read. So basically, I made it like two pages, and then I had to back up to the previous issue. That's how... It's you need the recap. Yeah. So it's it's really I mean it, it, it's it's such a crisis uh, for everybody. It's affecting everybody, but our children in particular. Although I have to say, here uh-huh. I live in Santa Monica, California. I am sort of gratified to see all the little kids out with their parents on bikes. Um, that that is cool to see. I'll tell you what this mm-hmm. this terrible tragedy. Uh, although almost nothing good will come of it. But there are going to be some powerful teenage thighs um, because those little kids, I mean, as they develop. Uh, and I'm loving seeing the helmets. Every When I see a kid go by me with a helmet, I'm like, love the helmet, kid. Because, you know, those middle schoolers that used to put the helmet on and then not hook it up. That's great. Because what that means is when you fall, it's going to come partway off and then drive itself through your temple. That's fantastic. By so the way, you're kids, in Santa Monica? Like, you're, so, you're, kids, how you going to look in diapers? <laughs> so my thing. These, these, teenage, what, these teenage daughters riding with their dads, I think it's, it's Bob Saget and his uh, wife, actually, yeah. in Santa Monica. It's, it's a nice, it's, a, it's, it's that it's is so one nice positive, is that people okay. are out with their children. And I realize that most of the day they're ready to kill each other. But those few minutes out there on their bicycles. That's how they avoid the violence. It's it's nice. It's good to that part is really 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 good to see. Okay, so it may not even be their children for all I know. They may that's just not business. Yeah, it's not. They may just get a kid and rent a kid, go yeah. for a bike ride, bring yeah, it back. Yeah, to look good. Just keeping up with the keep keeping up with the saggits. It's a bellwether. Okay, that's let's let's end that on that line. Wait, so so you're talking about screen time, but one of the great things now, both your books are available on Audible. So if, if yeah. you can't get your brain back into reading, we can get our brain back into listening at least, right? For the un, very unscientific. As and, far as please. I know, yeah, the totally unscientific study of the search for human happiness. As far as, far as I know, and I have asked, um, an audio book, the truth is, if you have your choice between Mm-hmm. Reading from a book, from an oh, actual hold-in-your-hand book, reading from a screen, or listening to an audio book. The way I understand it, the first choice should be reading from a book. The second choice, perhaps, 
listening to the audio. The third, when you read from a screen, the information disseminates differently and less reliably than when you're reading from a page. That's true? I did not know that. So the Kindle is actually the worst of the three choices. Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. It's something that I learned in my journey. By the way, and spoiler alert on the book, which is amazing, is that the key to happiness, very unscientifically, is Doritos. Well, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They don't always do. <laughs> yeah, just no, that was my Doritos. book. <laughs> Honestly, my book is a series of experiments, doing things that I or other people thought would make me happy, and uh, like driving and, a Lamborghini, and like for 24 hours, I did, yeah. um, but not constantly within the 24. But um, my hope okay, was, my hope was that the answer really would be sitting in a chair eating Doritos. But what I found was, I mean. There were some things that gave me spikes of good feelings here and there. But I'll tell you, overall, if I had to pick one thing, if somebody said, you know, what's the one thing that you would suggest that someone does to help themselves, especially during this time uh, of the stay-at-home order and people losing jobs and people being, right, just depression lurking around every corner, uh, I I would absolutely say um, the Get Fit experiment. Get Mm. do exercise. I wish it wasn't so. I hate it that it's important to mental health because I really don't like to exercise. However, having said that, at paulapoundstone.com, I now have three workout videos that I've made. Did you not hear me say that earlier? I said you no, got comedy you say workouts. That? Yeah, I said yeah. you got comedy workouts. Oh, posted. I didn't understand what you were saying. I thought you meant working out I knew as that. a comic. Yeah, I just I let you riff. I have, uh, I have three <laughs> Uh, workout videos, legitimate workouts, only a, only a few minutes. Like uh, the way I I have been watching and doing some of the ones. Like if you just Google workout video, you're gonna find all sorts of very good looking women uh, in very tight outfits. I mean, really? Uh, and and really uh-huh. in fantastic shape. And they do very legitimate exercises. So what I did was I, I just did those same exercises. Uh, only I tried to make it a little bit more entertaining. And uh, yeah, I, I do, for example, plank therapy, where as I'm planking, I just talk into the camera. And you know what? I can plank so much longer that way than I could without. It's a real thing. When you make it like a game, like with my boxing workout, I use the, uh, the Creed. So I'm using the VR headset, but I'm still boxing and moving, and yet it's a game. So I feel like I'm winning. So an hour and a half goes by. I'm like, wow, that was a good workout. Wow. I had no idea. What is Creed? Is that Are you fighting with yeah, Rocky. Apollo Creed? Or, well, no. I'm actually uh, the younger Creed. Well, I could be Apollo if I want to, but you start out as the younger Creed, you know, uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Can you pick any character? Like, could I be Ethel Mertz? I would love to box as Ethel Mertz. By the way, that's a great game. That doesn't have to be Rocky related. Just so you know, dead celebrity fights, like bum Just fights. Boxes as anybody. Yeah, Ethel Mertz versus Lucy. Yeah, yeah, or versus Fred. Apparently, she they beats the crap out of Fred. Oh, they hated each other. Oh, so just William Krantz and uh, hated each other. William Krantz. William Frawley. William Frawley, right. He was a yeah. he was a curmudgeon. You know, he was not gambler, degenerate gambler, cigar really? after cigar, alcohol. Oh, yeah, oh read about him. Gosh. Oh, oh, I hate God. hearing this. This is terrible news. Because I oh, love him. Oh, I love him too. But, you know, separate the artist from the person. Look, if I had to be the person and the artist, I, I don't have a career. You got to separate <laughs> each other. 
And you do. Up, buddy. <laughs> hey, I don't mean I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, M Night Shyamalan's on the phone, so we got to get going. Oh, gee, you know what? Is that my phone ringing? Can you tell Barbara I'll be there in a minute? Barbara's right then. I gotta. Oh, that's my cue that I have to. Uh, but I know that you. Before go. we go, I know you, Cliff. You had a, a picture you wanted to show Paula. Maybe. I did. Paul, do you have it? Can you put it up, Paula? I wanted to just show you Sylvia. Oh, nice. That's Sylvia. I wanted you to see Beautiful. her and. And I wanted to, she will not, she just keeps peeing on my bed. She's been fit. Oh, I hear you. And yeah. I, I don't know. And I was ready to give her away. And I just looked at her like that. I'm like, I can't give her away. So now I'm going to have to what? Live with her peeing on my bed. Is that it? Am I done? I don't know. I, wait, I have, yeah, I have, uh, my house is cat ravaged. <laughs> Why do you think I'm asking you, Paula? I guess I've just said to myself. Not random. Oh, well. You, you know, I mean, I like them. I enjoy them. But, but yeah. you don't let them in your bedroom. You started that early, right? No, I don't let them in my bedroom. See, I don't. But they, I mean, but you know, while I'm while like before I fall asleep, as I'm looking at the Mother Jones magazine, just about to pass out, I can hear <laughs> just in the other room. So everywhere else, they pee. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is not. This is just. I'm gonna frustrated. I wish there was like some sort of thing you could do to right. put. It, it, I don't. As far as I know, there isn't. Uh, she's just decided she wants to pee on my bed every now and then. Like once people tell weeks. me. Um, people tell me, uh, or vets have said to me that it's territorial. Um, uh, which so you could think of that as flattery. Uh, uh, she's saying, you know, you're my special person. Uh, that's That's nice. Cool. Don't want anyone else in this bed. That's nice. Yeah, that's it. Jason, you got anything else now? No, I was there. I've seen this cat. It, it definitely wanted, it is, Cliff is her special. He loves me. Yeah, no, no, it's a that's little nice. stalkery. Yeah, it's a oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. I hope, it, you know, I hope, mad. I've had stalkers before, but they've never peed on my bed. And so, <laughs> that's already, good. your cat is better. They made it over the fence, but not quite to the bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Paula pounds the way. Paula, where can we wait before you go? Where do we yeah. find you on social media? And where your podcast available everywhere, Apple Stitcher, but tell us where you are on social media. Wait, I'm making a weird face. Okay. <laughs> um, where am I? Uh, I don't think I have any tricky things. It's just paulapoundstone.com uh, is my website and my Great. my and my and nobody listens to Paula Poundstone and the uh, weekly French Trump uh, 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 press conference are both right on the homepage of the of the podcast. You go right on there, scroll down ever so slightly. Give five then, stars, subscribe. And, if you're and, not a nobody, become one. And, you know what? It's a fun group of people. We, it's a great we, show. I love it. It's, it's really fun. It's really fun to listen to. It's really fun to watch get recorded. What a great By show. By the way, Tom Hanks, I mean, if you look at, you know, the people she's had on, it's no, it's no joke. It's not, uh, it's not like, oh, we had so-and-so from this. Nope. <laughs> nope. A-list stars. We're just doing crazy stuff. We had we, Carol Burnett call in because we have a hundred dollar contest where people call in hoping to win uh, a chance to hang out after the game with Adam Felber, my partner, or, uh, 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 and uh, a, any, any appliance they want from Roger Federer's appliance store over on Marina Street in Los Angeles. And uh, and so Carol Burnett called in. And, uh, you know, no one... She wa I forget what she told me she wanted. Was it an air cooker? I can't remember. Um, <laughs> that sounds right. Because apparently she's been inhaling raw air. 
<laughs> cooking it. So you need to cook it. it. Oh, yes. Burnett, Tom Hanks. I mean, this is the kind of thing, and you get this regularly. You could think it's a regular show, and then something else happens. It's amazing. So just, It's got its just, twists and turns, but we do. We have wonderful, our nobodies. Uh, I always tell them they are somebodies to us. Um, the people who listen to nobody listens to Paula Poundstone call themselves nobodies. Um, uh, but they are, in oh, fact, they go on. We have a Facebook page for the for Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, and I'm struck by how funny my listeners are. They're they're great. Um, anyway, so wait, what else was I? Oh, so I'm on Twitter, but I forget. Do I have a? I think it's just at Paul Poundstone or something. Jason will find out. It's okay, yeah. Paula. You don't need yeah. to know. You're the celebrity. You're talent. You don't need to yeah. know. We'll, we'll get uh, yeah, all this up. We'll find out. Dirty my hands with this. Yeah. No, no, no. Please don't, by the way. Uh, and are you, uh, before you go, are you planning on going back anywhere? Uh, you know, uh, do you see in the foreseeable future you're going to be doing stand-up anytime soon? I am supposedly going to be at Jonathan's in Ogunquit, Maine. And wouldn't it be great if I remembered when? In July. But okay. that's only because I work, I, traditionally I work, I think, about five clubs in the whole country. Um, and everything else I do are theaters. And so Jonathan, who I think normally seats 250, is going to seat 50 per show. And because it's a club, it's tables, so you can move things. And so he's going to use oh, wow. all the protocols. Um, because Very you know exciting. what? As much as I want to work, and I do want to work for every reason, um, the last thing I want to do is be the reason why someone gets sick. Uh, I mm-hmm. would rather, you know, I'll go down myself, thank you. As a poet, it, it just, it's uh, this thing of, and I understand it. We are July in a, 16th at the economy and all that. I, it, it's a terrible, terrible challenge, but I don't want people to get sick. And you people, people want to laugh, Paula. The people who make a fuss about masks, get the fuck over it. Amen. Get Amen. over it. Wear a mask. Yeah. See, we're no one likes it. That, that's the number one fun. weapon. How hard is that? Yeah, and if you want to make it fun, do what Paula uh, suggested on her last episode, which is name tags and masks, or a name tag right on the mask. Yeah, so we know you who know we're talking I've to. Been, I've been uh, I've been using Barbara Streisand's masks. <laughs> Look, really, you're obsessed. <laughs> you're obsessed with Barbara. I love Barbara Streisand. People. Okay, you guys, I know okay. you. Paula, uh, you have been. I mean, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so I love much. You. Thank you very this is much. Awesome. Paula Poundstone, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Paula. Have a great weekend. Oh, we can't say weekend. Oh, man. So we just went, like, that was like. We went over. We were over so for the, fun. only the second time ever. That was awesome. You don't sleep on Paula Poundstone. She is amazing. Um, oh, and one of the funniest people um, ever. And it, you, 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 she just creeps up and boom, boom, boom. Like, the best part about being the, um, not the interview guy is I just get to sit and I get to turn off my video and I get to just cackle, cackle, scream, laugh. Like the oh, laugh that I'm not allowed to use when you guys are, you know, when you guys. Yeah, I'm get- stifling it. It hurts a little. My throat hurts now. I, you know, it's like, yeah. Okay, so we have to let everyone go, right? I guess we're we all let everybody go. It's been a wonderful week. Oh, Thank you guys amazing. For being here. Thank you, Paula Poundstone. Thank you, Thank everybody. You. Leah, yes, and, you know, seriously. And- Everyone who was on this week, and everyone, thank you all for being here, our stuck-at-home family, and we will see you at the next episode after just a little rest, a little rest. Stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith.
Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody. Take care of each other. A podcast network.